excuse us for a second while we rearrange the furniture. All right. Well, good morning. It's good to see you this morning. Uh, Ron and Donna are up in New England looking at dead leaves right now, and so um, they will be back this week. Now, they looks like they're having a great trip. Some of you are friends with them on online, and Donna's been posting pictures. I miss the fall up north. I grew up up north. I, that's the one season I miss. Don't miss winter. I miss the fall. So um, they're enjoying that time together, and uh, we are actually today wrapping up a series of uh, what we've been looking at, certain questions that we deal with in our lives, the questions that we wrestle with, maybe on, not on a continual basis, but the main question that we've been wrestling with is, why am I here? What's my purpose? What's my meaning? And usually that question pops into our minds whenever we're dealing with a really difficult situation. Whenever we're going through a really challenging time in our life, whenever we're trying to figure out how it is the next steps we're supposed to take with our career or with our family or with our own personal growth. And so we tend to go back to this question quite a bit. Why am I here? What am I doing? What's my meaning? What's my purpose? And so these last few weeks, we've tried to spend some time answering that question. We've gone to scripture to see, because I believe that throughout scripture, God is telling us who we are. God is telling us what our purpose is. God is telling us why we're here. And so we've looked at a few of those answers from Scripture. We've talked about things how, about like how we have been called to be loved by God and by others, how we have been called to belong to each other, that we belong in the family of God, that we're better whenever we're growing and, and gathering together. Last week we talked about how we're called to a life of service, how when we extend ourselves beyond our own minds, beyond our own wants, beyond our own desires, and begin to meet the needs of others, that in those moments we can find true purpose and meaning for our lives as well. And so this, this morning, we're wrapping up this series by looking at one more kind of area of our lives that, brings, that helps bring us purpose and meaning, and it all revolves around this idea of having a mission, that we all have a mission to accomplish. Because again, for some of us, if we didn't have a mission, if we didn't have a goal, if we didn't have something that we were working towards, life would feel kind of meaningless, wouldn't it? Life would be boring. Life would just be kind of mundane. It would just be the same thing over and over and over again. And God doesn't want us to live our lives that way. And so God has given us a mission to, to accomplish, a mission to live our lives for. If we are followers of Jesus, if we put our faith and trust in him, then we are called to this mission. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning. And that all revolves around the, the idea that our mission is to help spread and share the good news of Jesus with the world around us. Now, when we think about this idea of a mission, I think our minds go to a lot of different places. But when I think of a mission, an exciting mission, I think of an action movie, right? And in an action movie, the hero of the movie is given a mission to accomplish. They are given something that they have to do. And it's either rescuing a beautiful woman, it's uh, rescuing the president, it's finding some important piece of information, it's saving the whole world, whatever the mission might be, that person is given a mission. And then throughout their adventure, throughout their mission, there are numerous car chases and explosions and bad guys with really bad accents and all different types of things that are going on throughout the, th throughout the movie for that person to finally arrive at and complete the mission that they are given. And we watch those movies, and we get a little bit pumped up sometimes, don't we? Our adrenaline gets flowing whenever we watch a movie like that. Because we're made for a mission. We're built for something, a goal, something to work towards. The, the reality, though, is that our real lives, our everyday lives, are not like an action movie. That a mission for me in my life right now is going to the store for my wife. 
It's going to the store because we need food to survive. That's the mission. The mission is to survive by putting food in our house so that we don't starve to death. And so my wife sends me to the store. But here's the thing. My wife doesn't send me to the store Ill, unprepared. Usually, I, usually about the end of the workday, I'll get a text. And that text usually says, hey, if you have time, which that, just throw that sentence away, <laughs> if you have time. No, no, no. You're going to the store is what she's saying. If you have time, I could use these things. And then I'm given a list. I'm given a list to find. I have to go find these things in the store. That's my mission, right? Now, again, it's not quite as exciting as an as a, as a action movie, but Publix can get a little exciting from time to time. There's some explosions. There's some things that happen, right? And so you're working your way through this mission, but you don't go ill-prepared. You have a list so that you don't buy the wrong thing, so you don't buy things that you can't use, but you're given, the thing, you're given a list of the things that you ultimately need. Sometimes when I go to the store with my wife, I bring one of my kids with me to help me so that I can send them to the next aisle to get the next thing on the list so that I don't have to take forever at the store, right? And then you just hope and pray that they don't come back with an armful of cookies and ice cream, but they actually bring the thing that you told them to get, right? But when I go to the store, I don't go ill-prepared, and I try not to go alone because I need to accomplish my mission, and I need to accomplish my mission as effectively and efficiently as I can. This mission that God gives us to help share the good news God does not send us ill-prepared. God does not send us ill-prepared. He gives us his word. He gives us a guide. He gives us the things that we need to, to accomplish the mission. The other thing that God doesn't do is he doesn't send us alone. He never sends us alone. He wants us to accomplish this mission together. That is why he has brought us together as the church to accomplish this mission side by side so that not one of us has to try to do it by ourselves. Because here's the reality. When we start talking about, hey, we want you to share the good news of Jesus with the people around you. Some of you would rather jump out of a burning airplane in an action movie than you would want to talk to somebody about your faith. And why do we feel that way? Because we're afraid. Because we feel unprepared. Because we feel like we don't have all the answers. Because we feel like we're not good enough to share our faith, to talk about Jesus with people around us. But again, Jesus is never going to send us unprepared. Jesus is never going to send us alone. And that's what I want us to talk a little bit about today. Last week, whenever we talked about a life of service, we talked about a married couple named Aquila and Priscilla, right? And one of the main things about Aquila and Priscilla was this, is that Aquila and Priscilla were always willing to open up their home and their lives to other people. They didn't have it all together. They weren't perfect. But they were willing and they were available. And I think the same principle applies to what we're going to be talking about this morning. That God is not looking for perfect people to accomplish his mission. He is looking for people who are willing and available. And he will provide us with what we need. He will help us overcome our fear. He will help us uh, have the answers that we need in the moment that we need it. And so we are called to this really exciting mission. It is an exciting mission. I know it gives some of us fear. I know it makes some of us kind of a little, like, we don't know if we can accomplish this. But we are given in a very exciting mission to accomplish in our, in our lives. We are called to be sent. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning. The Bible talks a lot about being sent. And what I love about the Bible and the things that we're going to look at this morning is um, we're going to look at three different things where the Bible talks about us being sent out to the world around us. And we're going to be given three really interesting pictures that we can keep in our mind that are going to help remind us of why it is that we're sent or how it is that we're sent. 
and they're easy things to remember, but they're also things that help us think a little bit more deeply about what it means to live out our mission. These things have different layers and nuances and factors that, that, are, that just keeps going deeper and deeper. The more we get into this mission, the more exciting it gets to live out the things that God is asking us to do. And so we are called to be sent. That is our mission. We are called to be sent into the world around us. And we are sent to be a few things. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning. The first thing is that we are sent to be light. We are sent to be light. I want to look at a few things that uh, Jesus and the Apostle Paul said this morning that are going to help us understand these things a little bit better. So first we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5. This is Jesus preaching his famous Sermon on the Mount. All right? And this is Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Here's what Jesus says. He says, you, he's talking to, think about who he's talking about here. He's talking to the crowd of people that have gathered to watch him speak. And this is what he says about them. He says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. We are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. I love Jesus' description here. He says, listen, if you have a light, you don't take a basket and put it over that light. Because if you do that, if you put a basket over the light, the light has lost its purpose. It's lost its meaning. It's not doing what it was made to do anymore. Because you've covered it. You, you've covered it with something that, that is going to exclude it, keep it from living out and doing the thing that it was made to do. The light, is, the light is designed to be placed on a stand where it can illuminate the darkness, where it can illuminate everything. It can help everybody and bring light to everybody that's around it. The light serves a purpose, and that's how Jesus is asking us to live. He is asking us to live as the light of the world. Now, when I think about light, I think about a light bulb. Because that's how we interact with light in our world, isn't it? We interact with light bulbs. We, we use light bulbs to bring us light, all right? Now, this is a pretty light bulb. It, it has a nice warm light to it. But if I just carry around this light bulb and I never connect it to the source of power, is this light bulb ever going to light up? Never. It'll look nice. It'll, everybody will say, well, that's a light bulb. But it's not doing what it's meant to do because it's not connected to the source of power that brings it that brings out its full meaning and its full purpose. I believe that many of us are walking around in our lives with a light bulb in our hand and it's not lighting up because we are not connected to the source of power that helps bring light to the world around us. And that source of power is Jesus. It's what Jesus has done through his life, through his death, through his resurrection. That's what helps bring light to the world. That's the source of power. But until we are connected to that source, until we're trying to grow in our faith and understand our faith and, and pray and, and, and speak and learn from other people and get into the word of God, we'll never really truly be connected to the source of power. But when we are, when we actually connect to the power source, and I really hope this is plugged in, so here we go. It was yesterday, but we're going to make sure it is, all right? But when you are actually connected to the source of power and then you hit that light, all of a sudden there is light for everyone. It illuminates the darkness. It brings light into the world. But it cannot happen if it is not connected to the source. We have to be, if we are followers of Jesus, we have to be connected to the source. And here's the other really exciting part. For those of us that are really fearful about sharing the good news, 
for those of us that struggle with talking to other people about our faith, who provides the power there? It's not us. It's Jesus that provides the power. We don't have to provide the power. We don't have to come up with the story. We don't have to try to explain our way through everything. Jesus has already provided everything that we need. Our goal is just, our job is to be connected to him and then to be a light in the world around us. But we don't supply the power. Jesus does. That should be encouraging for us. That should help us whenever we feel afraid, whenever we feel like we don't have all the answers, that we are not the ones providing the power. Jesus is the one providing all the power that we need. And so we are called, we are sent to be light. And I love the end of verse 16 here. In the end of verse 16, Jesus explains what the motivation is for us to want to be light. Look at the second part of verse 16 again. It says this. And so it says, you do this so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Again, the power source and the motivation, Jesus, not us. We don't put our light on a stand to bring attention to ourselves. We don't put a light on a stand to bring attention to the good things that we do. We put our light on a stand to bring attention to Jesus, to allow people to worship their heavenly Father, to give thanks to their heavenly Father. That's the motivation. That's the motivation. That should be what drives us. It's a great reminder for us that we can have that bigger perspective. So what does light do? Light illuminates. It illuminates. It brings things that were in the darkness into the light. So my question for you is this. What part of your world needs more light? What part of your world is a little bit dark that you can bring light to this week? Here's another question. What baskets are you putting over top of your light? What baskets are you putting over top of your light? What's holding you back? What's keeping you from living out the real purpose and meaning that God has given us, the mission that God has given us? What baskets are we placing over our light this week? How can we make a difference by bringing light to dark places? We've all been called to it. If we are followers of Jesus, it is our mission to bring light to dark places because we are sent to be light. The second thing is that we are sent to be ambassadors. We are sent to be ambassadors. These, this comes from the, the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21, it says this. It says, And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Stop right there for a second. There's the mission. The second part of verse 18. And God has given us this task, this mission, of reconciling people to him. Here's the reality. You are the plan. I am the plan. The church is the plan that God is going to use to help bring people back to himself. We're it. We are the plan. Now, that can be intimidating. That can be a little scary. But that should also be extremely exciting that God wants to use us to help bring people back to himself. We have been given an unbelievably big mission. And let's pick it up in verse 19. For God was in Christ reconciling the world, the world to himself, 
no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ whenever we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. If you really take some time, I would really encourage you to really take some time this week and slowly work your way through these verses. There is a lot going on in these three verses. I mean, there's a lot happening here. But what Paul is basically doing is he's basically laying out a picture of the gospel for us. This is how it works. That God would send his son. that That he would live a perfect life. That he would die as a sacrifice for us so that we could be brought back into relationship with God. That's the gospel. That's the good news that we are asked to share with the world around us. So Paul lays out this picture of the gospel, about this wonderful message of reconciliation. And then look at verse 19 again. In verse 19 it says, right at the beginning, um, well actually the second part of verse 19, it says this, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Remember, God is never going to send us out on our mission unprepared. He gave us a wonderful message of reconciliation. We have the good news. We have what we need to share with the world around us. He gave it to us. We don't have to feel unprepared. Then he goes on in verse 20. And I love verse 20 because look at what it says. It says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead Come back to God. Never once in that verse does Paul say, you go, and you go, and you go. Everything is we and us. We and us. We do this together. We don't go by ourselves. God has brought us together to accomplish this mission as his body of Christ. I think if you try to go out by yourself, if you try to accomplish this huge task on your own, you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to get really frustrated, or you may, never, you may never even start because you're too fearful. But if we can understand that God brings us together to accomplish this mission together, we can do far more than we could ever do on our own. So, notice that Paul doesn't just pin the mission on one of us, he, pins it, he gives it to all of us. And one of our core values here at Alliance is that we want to be people who are better together. Better together. And that's how we believe that we live out this mission, by doing it together. And that's still true for us, even when we leave the walls of this building after a Sunday morning service. That we help each other, we encourage each other, we help each other grow in our faith and understand God's word better and pray for each other in any way that we can to help further the mission of God. So Paul uses this picture of an ambassador, right? He says that we are Christ's ambassadors. Now, a lot of us know what an ambassador is because we know that here in the United States, we send ambassadors to just about every other country in the world. We send an ambassador to that country who represents the United States of America in that country. They represent the president. They represent the government. They represent the interests of our country. They represent us when they go to that other country. They are the United States representatives. Do you know that an ambassador is a, the ambassador is an an appointed position by the president? You have to be appointed, you have to be selected, you have to be chosen as an ambassador by the president of the United States. 
you know that you don't have to have a college education to be an ambassador? Did you know that you don't have to be a millionaire to be an ambassador? Did you know that you don't have to have a master's degree to be a, an, a, an ambassador? You don't have to be a great leader of a great company to be an ambassador. You have to be one, one thing only. You have to be chosen. You have to be selected to be an ambassador to another country. You and I have been chosen as Christ's ambassadors. Some of us don't feel like we ha- we're, we're adequate enough. Some of us don't feel like we have enough resource. Some of us don't feel like we're smart enough. Some of us don't feel like we meet the qualifications. There is one qualification, and it is that you are chosen as Christ's ambassadors. That he is sending you out prepared. That he is sending you out together to accomplish the mission of Jesus. We are the ambassadors of Jesus in the world around us. It's a big job. It's an important job. But we do not go alone. And we do not go unprepared. So, what do ambassadors do? Ambassadors represent. They represent. So here's my question for us. Who is Jesus sending you to? Who is Jesus sending you to be an ambassador to? Who are you going to come in contact with this week that you get the opportunity to be the ambassador of Jesus to that person or that group of people? Because we are called to be sent, and we are sent to be ambassadors through our words, through our attitudes, through our actions. We are Christ's ambassadors. The third thing, the last thing I want us to talk about this morning, and just as a side note, these are just three of the things that, that we find in Scripture that talk about how we are sent. There are lots of other places where it talks about how we are sent uh, as believers to, to fulfill the mission that God has given us. But I, I could only really pick three that we could highlight this morning. But the third one is an important one. And the third one is this, is that we are sent to be witnesses. We are sent to be witnesses. Let's go back to the words of Jesus for this one. We are sent to be witnesses. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus is about to ascend back to heaven. He's about to leave the earth. And this is one of the last things that he tells his disciples, his followers. And what he's telling them applies to us, too, as his followers, even in, today, in today's world. But here's what he says. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So again, Jesus is talking to the disciples right before he goes back to, to heaven, right before he leaves the earth. And if you haven't caught on by now, Jesus does not send us on this mission unprepared. What's the first thing he tells them? You will receive power. You will receive power. I am sending you on a mission, but you do not go unprepared. You will receive power when what? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So when we give our lives to Christ and we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is there to guide us, direct us, strengthen us, comfort us, challenge us to complete the mission that God has given us. God does not send us ill-prepared. Then Jesus calls us his witnesses. We are his witnesses to the world around us. And then from there, Jesus kind of sets up a model that we in the church actually still follow to this day when it comes to how we try to accomplish this mission, how we try to share the good news of Jesus all the way to the ends of the earth. And what does Jesus say? He says, you're going to start in Jerusalem. That's where the disciples were at the time. He says, you're going to start right here. So if we apply that to our context, we are supposed to start right here in Sarasota, sharing the good news, 
telling the story of Jesus, being his witnesses to the people around us. We start here, and then Jesus says, it's going to start in Jerusalem, and then it's going to go to Judea. And Judea was kind of like the state that Jerusalem was in. So if we apply that to our context, we get to be a part of what God is doing, not just here in Sarasota, but we get to be a part of what God is doing here all throughout our state. And we do that because we're part of a denomination called the Christian Missionary Alliance. And we, through our denomination, we're actually able to help fund and support new churches that are being started all over our state, even this year. And then Jesus takes it a step further. You're not just going to go from Jerusalem to Judea. Then you're going to go to Samaria. And Samaria was kind of like the country, the region that Judea and Jerusalem was in. And in our context, we get to be a part of what God is doing throughout our entire country and how he's working and moving in different ways. And then Jesus pushes it even further. This mission is huge. It's big. It's important. It's going to go to the ends of the earth. This good news, this gospel, will go to the ends of the earth. We still get to be a part of that today. Again, we're part of an amazing group, an amazing movement, an amazing denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, which sends out international workers to serve God, to share the good news of Jesus all over the planet. They're doing it right now this morning. It is all of our job to help see the good news of Jesus be spread from here to the ends of the earth. And we are asked to be, we have a responsibility, we have a mission to be the witnesses of Jesus here, there, everywhere. When we think about a witness, when we think about somebody who's a witness, we, our minds tend to go to like a courtroom, right? Our minds go to a courtroom setting where a witness has been called to the witness stand. And they're supposed to sit on the witness stand and they're supposed to recall and tell everybody in the courtroom everything that they have seen, heard, and experienced about the certain situation that the trial is about. That's their role. That's their job, right? To be a witness to what they have seen, heard, and experienced. Shoot, just this week, just this week in the news, some of us saw a really impactful, really powerful story from a courtroom in, in Texas, didn't we? Where there was this amazing story of a, a young man named Brant Job. Brant Job, and Brant, Brant's brother was killed in his own apartment. And Brant sat on a witness stand during a sentencing hearing. And what did Brant do? Brant expressed forgiveness to the woman that killed his brother. Brant, not just, he didn't just stop there. He expressed the hope that he had in Jesus and, and was expressing the gospel to this woman that killed his own brother. And then he stood up and he hugged this woman. Now, listen, I, I just want to say that there is a lot of complexity to that trial. There is a lot of complexity to that trial. There are a lot of factors and layers and things that are going on there that talk about the race relations in our country. There's been a lot of debate about can somebody ultimately forgive somebody that quickly? I mean, there's been a lot of discussion and debate about what happened in that courtroom in Texas this week. But if you kind of put all that aside for a second, I'll tell you what I saw. I saw a young man who expressed forgiveness to a woman. I saw a young man who expressed the gospel to that woman. A young man who was a witness for Jesus Christ in that courtroom. He talked about his pain. He talked about his hurt. He talked about the experiences that he's had. But he also talked about the hope that he had. He talked about the joy that he had. He shared that with anybody that would hear it. And now millions of people have heard that story. Because Brant was willing to be a witness. A witness. Even in the deepest, darkest hours of his life, he was willing and able 
to be a witness. We are called to be witnesses. Witnesses who are willing to stand up and say the things that need to be said, to share the hope that we have with the world around us, the joy that we have, the peace that we have. Now, I can almost guarantee almost everybody in this room will not find themselves on a witness stand in a courtroom doing that. But I'll tell you where you will find yourself. You'll be at work tomorrow. And at work tomorrow, you can be a witness. You'll be at school tomorrow. And in your classroom, you can be a witness. You'll be at home. You'll be in your neighborhood. You'll be with your friends. You'll be with the people that you come in contact with every single day. And in every single one of those situations, you and I have the opportunity to be a witness of Jesus Christ for the world around us. Jesus isn't looking for perfect people who have it all together to do that. He's looking for people who are willing and available. Will we be willing and available? Because we are sent to be witnesses. And what do witnesses do? Witnesses testify. Witnesses testify. When a witness is called onto the witness stand, they are asked to give a testimony to what they have seen, heard, and experienced. We are asked to testify to the ways in the, the, that Jesus has worked in our lives, to the things that we have seen Jesus do, and how they can make a difference in the people around us. And so we are called to be witnesses. Witnesses to the hope and the peace and the joy that we have in our lives. So how do we do this? How do we live this out? It's a hard mission. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it and say this is easy. This isn't a trip to the grocery store. This is hard. This is intimidating. It's scary. We feel, we feel like, again, we feel this inadequacy when it comes to this. But I think there are some practical things that we can keep in the front of our minds whenever we go out with the, per, with the perspective that today I'm going to be a witness. Today I'm going to be light. Today I'm going to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. So I think there are a few things that we can do. First, we can pray. The very first thing, the very last thing, the very thing we should be doing throughout the entire process is praying. Asking God to strengthen us. Asking God to give us wisdom. Asking, praying for the people that we're going to come in contact with today. Praying that the Holy Spirit would guide us and direct us and give us opportunities to be a light, to be a witness, to be an ambassador for him. We pray. We don't discount that work. We don't tack that on at the end. We believe that prayer is something that God wants us to be doing all of the time in our relationship with him. So we pray. The second thing is we take a next step. We take a next step. At Alliance, you hear us talk all the time about how one of our core, core values is that we want to be a group of people who take next steps. I can't identify your next step because I don't know all of the people that you come in contact with every day. Your next step might be having a conversation with somebody this week. Your next step might be a simple invitation to church for somebody this week. Your next step might be telling somebody your story about how Jesus has changed your life this week. I don't know your next step. I don't know the level and the depth of the relationships that you have with people, but we all have a next step to take in order to be light, ambassadors, and witnesses to the world around us. What is your next step? Here at the church, we want to help you taking that next step. We're actually going to be presenting some new ideas to you over the next few weeks that we hope will help you to maybe overcome some of that fear, that anxiety that we feel when it comes to taking a next step. And so we want to try to help you in any way we can to do that. The third thing we can do is we can give. We can give. And here's what I mean by that. In Acts, in Acts 1.8, the verse that we read before, again, Jesus kind of laid out the model that we follow for missions, for, for international ministry here at our church. 
And one of the ways that we help do that is by funding it. So whenever you give to our church, we send a huge, a, a really big portion of that right back out the door to support people who are serving God all over the world this morning. So when you give, we help support those types of ministries. That shouldn't be all that we do, but it's a step. It's something that we should be doing to help support what God is doing all over the world. And then the last thing is we go. We go. I believe that for some of us, one of the best things that you could possibly do is to take yourself out of the environment that you live in every single day and to put yourself in a totally different place, in a totally different culture, in a totally different environment, and experience your faith from that perspective. Because I think that changes us. I think that brings us back home and gives us an opportunity to live our lives and view our lives differently. And so if you have an opportunity to go and to serve God somewhere, on a short-term mission trip, on some kind of opportunity to serve other people outside of your own context, it may just open your eyes to how you can be light, be a witness, be an ambassador right here at home. So I would encourage you to go. In fact, we are planning, like Josh said earlier, we are planning a mission trip to Miami over spring break. We would love it if you would come with us and just experience your faith, experience maybe being challenged in some new ways, to live out your faith in a totally different environment and what that can teach you whenever you come back here and serve God and live out your mission here in Sarasota. And so there are things that we can do. There are steps that we can take. But please, please, please remember that when you are living out this mission, you never, ever go alone. You have the Holy Spirit within you to help guide you and encourage you and direct you. God does not want to send us out ill-prepared. If we are in his word, growing in our faith, learning from each other, we go out with the confidence that we need to make a difference in the lives of others. To be light, to be ambassadors, to be witnesses in the world around us. For some of you, uh, you may be even be wrestling with what does it even look like to be a follower of Jesus? What does it look like to be somebody that actually has put their faith and trust in Jesus. And maybe you're struggling with that because you're having a hard time finding purpose and meaning in your life. And I said this last week, and I'll say it again. Here's what I believe. I believe that a true life of purpose and meaning begins whenever we surrender our lives to Jesus, whenever we put our faith and trust in him. That's when we can truly begin to discover what a life of meaning and purpose looks like. But it begins with that first step. And if that's where you are, if you want to talk to somebody about that, if you have questions about that, if you just need somebody to pray for you or whatever, whatever it is that you may need, I would love to talk to you when we're done here. There will be people that will be down front here that would love to spend time with you this morning to just look at what it looks like for you to be a follower of Jesus, to answer the questions that you might have about becoming somebody who loves and follows Jesus. But I want to pray for us. I want to pray that this week God would give us opportunities to be light that we would bring light to dark places. I want to pray for us that God would give us opportunities this week to be his ambassadors, to represent him with the people that we come in contact with. And I want to pray that God would give us opportunities to be his witnesses, to be given opportunities to speak how God has changed our lives, to testify how God has changed us so that we can share that hope with the world around us. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, I thank you for this mission that you've given us. Even though sometimes it's really tough, sometimes it's really uh, intimidating, sometimes we don't feel like we're ready. God, I thank you that your word tells us time and time again that you are with us.
God, guide us this week. Give us opportunities to love other people well. Give us opportunities to represent you well. And give us opportunities to bring light to dark places so that we can see people's lives changed for you. May we want to share the hope that we have found, the peace that we have found, the joy that we have found with the world around us. God, we love you. We thank you. It's your name we pray. Amen.